Hello, this is Pastor Trent. I want to welcome you to the Mountain Home Church of the Nazarene Sermon Podcast. We are thrilled that you are tuning in to hear sermons from our ministries here at our church. It is our hope that the Spirit of Christ would be present with you as you listen today. I do want to take just a moment to invite you to reach out and connect with us. On our website, we have a way for you to do just that. You can visit www.mhnazarene.org slash connect and fill out a very brief form. There's a spot to leave contact info, ask questions, and even to request prayer. Also, be sure to indicate that you listen to us through our SoundCloud podcast to let us know where you're listening. May the Lord be with you this day. Grace and peace to you. people. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, as we, as we finish scripture, I say the word of God to the people of God, but I throw in this, this portion given to us just to remind us who we are, that our identity is found in as the people of God, a, 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 a identity that sometimes I'm honestly a little uncomfortable with, right? Like called the people of God. And I'm challenged. I, w- I want to live into that in my life. Amen. I want to. I want to strive for that. Um, and so I, I find ways to to try to remind myself and to try to remind us that we are the very people of God. Uh, this morning, as we gather, not only this morning as we gather, every other day as we go out into the world, may we live into that identity as the people, as sons and daughters of God. Amen. So let's let's do that this week. I, I, I uh, it's kind of been the heartbeat for this this sermon series that we've been on, talking about the holy life, talking about how God has wants to shape us and form us into the very people of God. And so, as we continue on this uh, journey about talking uh, talking about the holy life today, we're talking about the reality that the holy life is teachable. The holy life is a teachable life. Uh, today, as we turn to scripture, we're going to turn to Second uh, Corinthians, found in the New Testament, the second letter to the Corinthians, starting um, in chapter 5, uh, beginning with verse uh, 17 and reading through uh, the end, verse 21. Um, um, sorry, we're starting in verse 16 today and reading to the end in 21. So, um, out of reverence for the reading of God's word, I invite those who are willing and able, would you please stand uh, and join me today as I read to, from Second Corinthians chapter 5 from the Common English Bible. So then, from this point on, we won't recognize people by human standards. Even though we used to know Christ by human standards, that isn't how we know him now. So then, if anyone, if anyone is in Christ, that person is part of the new creation. The old things have gone away. And look, new things have arrived. All of these new things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and who gave us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, God was reconciling the world to himself through Christ by not counting people's sins 
against them. He has trusted us with this message of reconciliation. So we are ambassadors who represent Christ. God is negotiating with you through us. We beg you as Christ's representatives, be reconciled to God. God caused the one who didn't know sin to be sin for our sake so that through him we could become the righteousness of God. This is the word of God given to us, the people of God. We say thanks be to God. Please have a seat. I want to start out this morning with, with just a quick question. I want you to think about it. What is the last thing that you learned how to do? Is there anything that, that you've decided, I, I really want to learn how to do this. I have no idea, I have no concept, but I, I need to figure it out or I want to figure it out. What's the last thing that you learned how to do? Can you think of something? Somebody's like, something broke and I had to learn how to fix it. There was, was no choice involved, Freebird, come on. Um, over the last year or so, I have embarked on a journey to take on a new hobby, a new pursuit, a new activity, learning how to do something new. Some of you may have heard about this, and some of you might chuckle about this, and that's okay. How many of you have heard of the sport of curling? Yes. Ah, it's Olympics, right? It's a beautiful, wonderful, monotonous, crazy, mesmerizing sport uh, as this 40-pound rock glides over the ice and lands right where it's supposed to land. I've kind of picked up, sort of on the side, the hobby of curling. I'm not good. I am really not good at all. But Boise Curling Club is a is an actual thing. You can find them online. Um, uh, last um, last uh, spring, I think uh, we had they had this learn to curl event. I went there with several of my kids. Then after that. Several of them did a little three-week beginner's league, and we, we threw I, little, little but heavy rocks down the ice and did the sweep of it going across. And it probably looked really awkward, but it's kind of fun. Um, I'm, I, I'm really bad at this game. I'm really bad at this game, and it gave me a whole nother appreciation for uh, the precision and the uh, the skill that's on display when you just watch it on your TV. It looks like, yeah, you, you just throw it down and it stops in the right place. Um, despite all of my lack of skill, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun to learn something new. One of the things that has been really life-giving for me in this whole process of becoming a novice Curler, is to come into something knowing nothing, <laughs> having no gift, having zero ability, no expectations, having nothing to offer a team. When you go out on the ice, there's three other people kind of counting on you. There's three other people hoping that you are better than you are. And to have nothing to offer and yet be encouraged. And to have people behind you and say, 
That was, a, that was a great effort. Good job finding little things to compliment. You know, it, it, when you're older, you realize, oh, they're finding the little things to compliment me on because the outcome is a little less than ideal. I don't know if this is just a, a getting older thing or just a trend is getting older thing, but I'm finding that, that I like to gravitate towards things that I'm comfortable with. Things that are known to me, things that I have something to offer, things that I'm gifted and at. It's hard, it's difficult sometimes for me to enter into something completely new, completely devoid of something to contribute. I have nothing to offer to the curling world at all. And yet, to step into that and say, I can learn something new, I can take on a new pursuit. I can try something that I've never tried before. Here, Scripture offers this picture of, of a newness that comes in our life. It kind of flies in the face of familiar. It says, if we're familiar, then, then what's going on? The Scripture literally heralds or, or announces the new, the new right? It says the new is here. The new has come. New is arriving. New is on the scene. I leave it to Paul, the Apostle Paul, in his writings to, to force me into uncomfortable places, right? <laughs> Paul's good at that. Paul's really good at that. Paul is saying the old and, and the familiar are the things that get to go away. And that's truly a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing as Paul talks about it. And I think a lot of us are, are right here with this part of the scripture. Right? Uh, th- th- this is a, a huge part of the gospel life that, that Paul encountered in a very dramatic way. Our, star- our stories were probably not a whole lot like Paul's, right? When Paul's old went away and Paul's new came, there was lights from heaven and there was a voice and there was blindness and there was a stranger that came to cure his blindness what a story of Paul. What a, what a picture of, of the literal old things passing away and going away and, and new things arriving, right? Paul, Paul is talking about his story. When Jesus encountered him on the road to, to Damascus that we read about in the book of Acts. But for us, as he, as he writes to the church in Corinth, and now as we read in Scripture, we have the same calling. We have the same experience, not literally the same. And yet he says, the old goes away and the new is arriving. There are huge implications for us as followers of Christ. Think about what is being said to the church at Corinth. Our, our, our eyes of of recognition are fundamentally changed by our knowledge and our walk with Christ. And Paul kind of starts at the, at the, at the easy end of things. He says, uh, how we view Christ is totally changed. We used to have this human perspective on who Christ is and how Christ taught. Paul had viewed Christ 
prior to knowing Christ and following Christ, he was this heretical rabbi teacher guy that was on the loose and talking people into to crazy things, new teachings that he was, was adamantly and passionately opposed to. And Paul testifies that although we had this previous perspective on Christ, now we have a new perspective on Christ. Not just him, not him who was, was persecuting the, the church and those that followed the way before and literally approving of their death. And now him turning and following the way. But for us too. For the people who live and walk the earth today that, that we have a new perspective on Christ much like him who has now devoted his whole life, who now was going on missionary trips and, and devoting his time and energy and passion to following Christ and encouraging others and inviting others on that same journey. Not only do we not get to view Christ in the old perspective, but we don't get to view people that way anymore as well. Instead, we have to change our, our, our human perspective on the people around us. It starts with Christ, but it moves to neighbor. It moves to our community, to the people we work with, the people we walk with from day to day. I think the world has some interesting thoughts about Jesus this, these days. <laughs> Is Jesus a good teacher? Does he have some deep thoughts? Interested in a a new way of living, then, then follow these precepts. He, he has some wisdom to offer. We have a new perspective about who Christ is. For Jesus Christ is the very God that we follow. Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. <laughs> this past week as we had membership class on, on Wednesday, we, we talked a little bit about the Trinity, right? the mystery of the Trinity, how Christ is God and God is Christ. And there's a whole lot of bad analogies to try to figure out how to talk about the three-in-one of the Trinity. <laughs> we watched a bad analogies video that I've used sometimes before. We used to know Christ in this, this way, this understanding, but now he is our Lord, and now he is our Savior and instructs our lives. And that's how we get to this holy life that we've said Christ is our instructor. But it doesn't stop there. If, and that's an important word, it's a big if, an important if, if we are in Christ, if we've given our lives over to him, if we've said this is how I want to walk and this is who I want to follow, if we have repented and turned from our former way of living, invited Christ in and say, I want to follow Christ. Paul is clear and says, our lives become part of this new creation. A new creation. We thought creation happened a long time ago, right? You know, on the first day and the second day and the third day, and it goes all the way up to six, at least in Genesis 1. God is still in the business of creation. 
Are people still choosing to follow Christ today? Friends, we are experiencing new creation today. For we are new creations as we follow Christ. Our lives become part of a new creation. And Paul spells out two, two parts of this. Old things going away, new things arriving. And both are important, right? <laughs> both, both are important. Both are important. When we, when we come to Christ, old things vanish. I think sometimes, sometimes we can weigh these a little too heavy on one side or heavy on the other. Old things disappear. Old things fade. Habits can go away. Addictions can be broken. Unhealth can be cured. The old things, the old life, the old patterns, the old rhythms are part of what Christ wants to heal us from. But new things come as well. New desires, new appetites, new habits, new rhythms, new disciplines arrive on our doorstep as we pursue Christ. And some of them aren't immediate on both sides. I think that there is some that, that experience almost instantaneous transformation. I've heard of, of people who come to Christ and addictions that, that disappear, cravings and habits that have been that have been decades long and they've been delivered from them in a moment. And we say, praise the Lord and God is good. And then there's others of us that it's a, it's a daily battle. It's a daily struggle. It's a daily putting off and saying, I still struggle with these things. That there's this immediate and this continual. We have to allow time for Christ to work in our lives, both with the putting off and the new that's arriving. But in that moment, something changes. In that moment, we understand that there's the old that goes away and the new that arrives. And this is, this is key. There's this continual part that must take place in our lives the new creation that God was doing that, that, that happened in that moment when we chose to follow Christ and when we repented of our sins and said, I want to follow you, is the start of a journey, a start of a process. That God's not done with us. Holy Spirit still wants to work in us. Christ wants to shape us and to mold us and to move us. I believe that there's still stuff that God wants to help me let go of in my life. The preacher in front of the pulpit, the one called to, to deliver God's word. And there's still stuff that God's saying, Freeberg, it's time to let that go. It's time to be released of that. It's time to, to do the hard work. You weren't delivered of that instantaneously. But 
guess what? I have more new things to give you, more things to, to, to offer in your life and to put inside of you with my spirit. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's really, really good news. We'll leave it to Paul to be really crystal clear about where, where all this new stuff comes from. What is this all about? He says, all this new is from God. All of this new is from God. Through Christ, we have been reconciled to God. And it's in our proximity to God. As we draw close, as, as we've been reconciled, that, that we begin to receive these new things. And to take on these new things in our lives. In being reconciled to God, these new things have arrived and are arriving and will continue to arrive. <laughs> I don't think God's done with us. Even the Apostle Paul in another letter says, I, I keep pressing on towards the goal to which God has called me heavenward. Paul, the Apostle Paul, didn't arrive, <laughs> didn't show up. And then Paul just keeps on going. First of all, he says, okay, when, when you came to Christ, the old was put away and, and the new came on. And, and our, our perspective changed and who, who we had this human perspective and then God gave us this new perspective. We came to Christ and the old was stripped away and, and the new was offered by the power of the Holy Spirit. And, that, and this new stuff comes from God through whom or to whom we are reconciled through the ministry of Jesus Christ. And then Paul keeps going and he says, now we, you and me, me and you, have been given the ministry of reconciliation. That that's our job. That that's what he calls his people to do. Those that had, have, have let things go and had things taken away from their lives and those who have, have received from God and received from the Holy Spirit these new things, now we have something to do. Now it's your job, people of God, to have the ministry of reconciliation. Why do you trust us so much? Oh God, why do you trust us so much? What are you doing? Paul says, he has trusted us with this message of reconciliation. That that's our job. That that's our ministry. That we are entrusted of it. To, uh, entrusted with that message. I have no idea why God would trust us with so much. Give us such an important and critical and vital task. Praise the Lord, we have the Holy Spirit with us. Praise the Lord, we're not alone. But this job of reconciliation, this, this drawing together of, of bringing into close and, and intimate relationship the world to the God to whom, or, or the, the God whom we follow, 
is a task that has now fallen to us. That job of reconciliation, of getting close to God so that God can bring the newness in life that, that, that allows new things to not only arrive in that moment of following Christ, but that, that starts a journey of newness, a, a journey of creation, of new creation in our lives. We're the ones who've experienced it. And we're the ones who now get to share in it. This job now belongs to us. And there's, there's two parts to this reconciling thing, too. First, there, there's this, and, and this is really obvious, but I, I can't not mention it, right? That's a double negative. My fifth grader would probably call me out on that. We can't not mention this first part. The holy people of God are called to reconcile those who don't know God to God. This requires a teachable and humble spirit to be a reconciler, to introduce those who don't know Christ to Christ. I believe takes a humble and teachable spirit. I, I don't know what your picture of, a, of an evangelist is. <laughs> Some people see a guy on a corner with, with a bullhorn. Have you seen these people at the entrances to sporting events, right? They, they usually wear a, a, a billboard sign and they have a bullhorn and they're, they're sharing their, their favorite Jesus passages and their scripture verses and, and everybody's avoiding eye contact, <laughs> walking by. In Seattle, we had some regulars at the Mariners and the Seahawks games. That, that Do they do that at BSU? I don't know if they do that at BSU. This is not a reconciling ministry. I don't mean to doubt their, their sincerity or their walk or what they believe they're called to do, but I don't see that as a reconciling ministry. Don't think that beats with the heartbeat of the Holy Spirit who wants to love people. I see it more as loving our neighbors, caring for the people around us, understanding the value of, of relationship with the young, perf, young couple that just moved in next to you, caring for a friend in the midst of their grief who's just lost a parent, bringing a meal over to the one who's struggling to prepare food. That in those moments, we embody a reconciling ministry that our job first in reconciliation is to say, my life's been changed. And I want to share that with you. There's a second part, too, in this reconciling ministry. Reconciling those who are new to this walk with Christ. You know, the, the ones who've just started this process of, of shedding the old and saying, I, I want to walk in newness. I want to I walk with God in, in a new way. But reconciling them to the body of Christ. Reconciling them to, to the people of God and inviting and creating space for them in our lives, 
and in our collective lives and in our church. Making space, greeting and receiving them. We need to make space for people in our church home and in our place of worship. Sometimes we think, well, yeah, of course they're welcome here. Of course they, they know there's a spot for them here. And yet sometimes when we come and when we arrive, it's a lot easier to talk to people we haven't seen in six days. But making space, part of that reconciling ministry is to go to people and say, I don't think I've had a chance to meet you. Tell me your story. Tell me what makes your your heart beat quicker. Tell me a little bit about your journey. And I'm so glad you're part of us. And welcoming them, reconciling them to our church family. And at the end of the passage, Paul gives us this this great one-step instruction. How do we do this? How do we go about this? This this whole process, this process from from taking, taking a new perspective, no longer seeing it through the human perspective, but putting on Christ's perspective. All from, from that to, to putting off and to putting on to being part of this new creation and now having to this this ministry of reconciliation. Paul gives us this one step. We beg you, as Christ's representatives, be reconciled to God. That that's our step. That that's our journey. Be reconciled to the one who calls us, to the one who's transformed us, to the one who's brought in all these new things. Be reconciled to God. live the life that he's called us to live. By drawing closer to God, by being reconciled to God, I believe that God begins to shape us if we're teachable. If we have that humble, teachable spirit that says, show me. Spirit, talk to me. Help me in this moment. In the midst of doing that, remembering that we all have so much to learn and so much to grow. This is the Paul that was changed in an instant, that had so much transformed in that instant, but who also says, I wouldn't dare presume that I have arrived or achieved all of this. Instead, I I push on. I press on. That pressing on is is saying, I'm going to remain a teachable, humble, patient person. I'm going to give myself grace to grow. Teachable, humble posture before God so that I can live into and remain effective in this ministry of reconciliation. Not only to the world, but to those that would gather with us. That's my prayer for us today.
that we would remain in that teachable, humble spirit, that we would have a posture of, of learning, of growth in our lives. This God who shows us how to live our lives, how to live a holy life, would not encounter hearts of stone, would not encounter people who feel, well, I've, I've, I've arrived, I've made it, look at me. Here I am, God, lucky you. <laughs> but God, we encounter hearts of flesh ready to learn, ready to grow. Not self-deprecating, not, oh, I've got so far to go, but energized by the Spirit to say, how can I grow today, God? Teach me what you will today. Today, it's cold, but it's a great day. And I want to serve and live for you. I'm going to invite the praise team to come up. We're going to sing a closing song here in just a moment. Uh, this process is not easy. It's not simple. And it is a lifelong, humble, growing journey. I have a, I have a friend from Centralia who, who was a, a few years older than me. Actually, she still is. Uh, for but for a while, she she and she and her husband were were on our youth staff uh, and helped with the teens, especially as their teens kind of went through the to the youth group. Um, and we would get to talking sometimes, and she says she would say, "Trent, when, when do I get to coast? Right? Like when, when do I have to stop feeling like there's so much to learn, so much to do? When?" When, when do I arrive kind of at the end of that journey? I, I thought, you know, as I kind of entered that fourth quarter of life, when do I get to coast? She was an avid reader, a deep thinker. She helped shape my ministry a, a, as part of our youth staff um, and, and then also as a coworker in, in so many respects. She made me think deeply. She knew the answer to her question never <laughs> you don't get to coast you don't get to stop learning you don't you don't get to kick it into neutral and be like okay i guess it's downhill from here we never stop growing we never stop being teachable we never stop learning and that my friends is part of living the holy life that god wants us to live amen Lord, make it so in our lives. Can I pray with us as we close today? Lord, I pray today that you would capture our hearts with this vision of, of new creation. That when we first turned to you, when we first invited you into our lives and, and chose to follow after you, God, that something significant happened in that moment that we were changed that there were some things that we let go of and, and new things that came but God may you capture our idea may you capture our imagination that you're not done with creation yet that you want to in us continually create something new to continually help us to let the old pass away. 
so that you can bring them in by your grace, by the Holy Spirit. Help us to live that way. Help us to walk in that manner in our lives, I pray. In Christ's name, amen. If you're able, let's stand together. Thanks for joining us today on the Mountain Home Church the Nazarene podcast. Don't forget to visit us at mhnazarene.org connect if you'd like to connect with us. And have a great week.